What's up? And welcome to Mostly Film, your one-stop chaotic shop for all things in the world of trash action cinema. Whoa, bang, bang. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan McCorder. Joe, my beautiful co-host, as always, JP Payne. I know I caught you off guard there. You did. You threw yeah. the sound effects in live. Yeah, yeah. That's great times. Loved it. Yeah. Love it. What's up? Uh, we're not going to be trash action forever, but for the next few weeks, we're still trash action. So and we're happy about it. I am. I'm we're having thriving. a great time with it. I don't know about you because our ratings aren't great for them. Who but knows? outside of, and I'm just going to go and spoil it, outside of the bank job, I've enjoyed all these films I've watched so far. You didn't enjoy the bank job? No. No. I didn't enjoy it when I watched it back in the day. It's because you didn't have subtitles. They were too British for I you. Warned, no, I warned you. I told you. It was fine. Uh, you don't watch enough British television. I don't. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> we have the same rating for the bank job, though. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, anyway, we'll get to that. So uh, we're back with another week of our trash action heroes seeing who reigns uh, supreme as the B-movie action king. Yeah. Between Gerard for, Butler and Jason Statham. For our generation. Yeah. And there's for obviously like, a bunch of other yeah, people we could put in there here. There are plenty of other people like you could throw back to, you know. Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Or, uh. Uh, even shoot. Harrison Ford almost but. yeah Harrison Ford um, I mean, oh who's the other Tom uh, Cruise has some pretty trash action stuff back in the day he did um, anyways there, there's a Dolph Lundgren a, there's a plethora oh, uh, Steven Seagal Jean-Claude yes. Van Damme yes there's a plethora of people but they they, they kind of come hand in hand with a certain generation yep. and I would say for us in our early 30s it's um, Statham Butler like Butler kind of in his twilight years is mm-hmm. falling into this this role yeah. And uh, I think it's very. I don't know, if you look at his filmography, it's pretty pretty much been in this role since the two th- early early two thousands. <sighs> he's just he's a little bit more obvious about it now. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but then he does. But he'll throw some surprises at you. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll we'll get into all that. So, um, you know, let's just jump right into let's it. Let's do it. So let's 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 start with let's just start with we mentioned it at the top. Let's just start with the bank job. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I do not like this movie. I at all like at all it may be one of my least favorite Jason Statham movies I find it so okay let's break it down I guess before I start ranting about why I don't like it uh so this is Jason Statham obviously uh 2008 film it's less action than it is heist yes espionage, not espionage heist uh robbery yeah and um double crossing what's the word I'm looking for uh not espionage um not who done it I don't know. There's a list of like twisting moving picture trying to figure yeah. out who's double crossing who. Double cross. That just kind of stuff. Cross. Yeah. Um, so the um, one of the coolest things about this film, though, that I found more interest in yeah. was reading. I even watched half of a documentary on this film because it is based, based on off, a true story. Yes. Uh, so that's wild. Yeah. Hey, uh, so I'll read you the I was going to say brief synopsis, but Letterboxd does not have a brief synopsis, but I'll break it down to you. The true story of a heist gone wrong. You know what? I'm going to read this right. Read it. Do I'm going to read this right. Commit. A true story of ice going wrong in all the right ways. Sound more like a crocodile hunter. <laughs> but it's all right. Terry is a small town car dealer trying to leave his shady past behind and start a family. Maureen is a beautiful model from Terry's old neighborhood who knows that Terry is no angel. When Martin <laughs> proposes a foolproof plan to rob a bank, Terry recognizes the danger but realizes this may be an opportunity of a lifetime. As the resourceful bat of thieves burrows its way into a safe deposit vault at Lloyd's Bank, they quickly realize that besides millions and riches, the boxes also contain secrets that implicate everyone from London's most notorious underworld gangsters, the powerful government figures, and even the royal family. Although the heist makes headlines throughout Britain for several days, a government gag order eventually brings all reporting of the case to an immediate halt. Wow. There you go. So now you know. Um... So if, if you don't know, basically, uh-huh. <laughs> this crook is approached by a crowd of Jason friends. Statham. Yeah, he's a crook. He's a light, L-I-T-E he's a light crook. crook. Light crook. Yeah. He's a car salesman. Yes. Which, coming out of the car industries, they're all light crooks. Yes, so. they are light crooks. <laughs> is approached by a childhood friend, maybe past lover, um, who's like, hey, I have this job for us. Um, this is to rob a bank. You find out that she is working with MI5 um, to basically acquire some of photos, which is... Was the queen? Uh, no, not the it was queen. A princess, like it she's was a princess of, in the movie. It was like a duchess or a princess, okay. somebody in the well, royal family, someone in the royal Being family. The family yeah. Um, basically it was having like a the third way. Of princess Diana. Yes, yes. Um, so someone in an affair, and uh, they want to get those photos. 
And basically, they plan to double cross her yep. and the group uh, that Statham puts together, which is basically just some friends. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it kind of has that uh, oceans uh, feel. No, gang, no. the gang getting together. No, no. This this movie is set up, like executed in no way as well as, but like Thief. Ugh. Which have you watched? I haven't Thief. Seen Thief, James Con. Yes, I haven't seen Michael Mann. Like no, it is great. Five star movie, great. Yeah, um, they even use one of the tools like to to blow torch basically through the the cinder block floors, like whatever. Um, it's like a it's like an weird flamethrower type laser, um, like a lightsaber flamethrower, basically. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it, this movie is hard to follow. I get, it, I get it. It is, it is all over the place. Even though you know what's happening the whole time, I had no problem following the film, but it was yeah. so all over the place. Like, yeah, so it's it, the hardest. Hardest linear story to follow. I don't know why. This movie takes way too long to set up. Oh, it, it takes does. way too long to get to the actual heist part. There is a whole subplot where basically there is um, Michael X, mm-hmm. who is this British equivalent to Malcolm X, who yeah. he's basically writing the coattails of that. Yeah, and who's Akeem? Who is Akeem in this film? He's an author. I know, but what, why is he such a... He's he's basically, he, he like, you know... It's just not explained these, very these, well. Yes, it is not explained well. Uh, it, but, to me, like, when I was on Adventures on Tuesday's episode, there's just... Or not Zone of Interest. I can't remember which one it was. No, it was Zone of Interest, because I was talking about the Jewish, non-Jewish yeah. girl. There's just some throwaway things in here that I just feel like, why have it if you're not going to explain it at all? Yeah. Or rushedly explain it. And that's how... Zone of Interest is a way better film than yeah, this. Yeah, I... So there's a, there's a whole lot happening in it that doesn't isn't necessary or isn't fleshed out enough mm-hmm. um and the the exciting parts of it are otherwise had you've had to basically blow over because you've dedicated so much time on other storylines yeah um the casting though is oh, great. great i have no problem with the casting i didn't i didn't love the i didn't love all the performances as a whole but one because they were bad actors didn't love the performances yeah. i thought statham was fine here uh yeah saffron burrows uh who plays uh Mar- martin yeah love. she was good um the major, the guy, uh, James, Faulkner. James Faulkner. I liked him. I liked his character. Um, and that's about where my praise ends for anybody. Uh, it was just all right. The, my favorite my favorite part of this film, and I know I'm jumping ahead to a thing because I just don't have a lot of good things to say about it. My favorite part of this film was when they bought the purse place towards the you know, 30 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes into it. And they do the tunneling scene. Yes. Tunneling to the bank. The cut, the comedic, the back and forth, the jabs, yeah. the little bit of tension of people getting discovered, the guy on the roof when they were trying to go bank by bank to figure out where they were. That, I loved that. I thought that was great. I thought that played to this cast dynamic best. Yeah. And then- To what's actually they, happening in the movie. Yes. And then when, once they get into the safe deposit box and Statham figures out what she was really getting- And then you- basically find out there's other ramifications to it yes like that it gets so much better after that no, see, i think it gets so much worse how i how? just found it to be lose the i feel like you watch two films the it, first the first 45 minutes are one film the second 45 minutes are a total tonal shift of another film sure and that's fine if it's executed well i thought the only person who executed well was statham and even then i didn't even love this statham performance the second half i just i don't know this movie had a lot to do in a short amount of time. So it's kind of back against the wall for how much story it had to tell a lot of real, real source content yeah. to go through. This should have been either a longer film, which I'm thankful it wasn't. Oh yeah. Or I know I say this about a lot of things and I don't actually wish this, but some things I think would be better as a little limited series. This feels like it could have been one of those. So I was reminded of something while watching this and it honestly kind of, it ruined the movie for me a little bit. Um, there was a limited series that was released on Paramount Plus that you should watch. I think you actually might like it called The Gold, um, where it's a similar type of story based off a true story yeah. where these robbers basically rob this bank and they end up finding um, a whole basically pallet of gold. Mm. And it's basically how they, you know, smelt it down and basically cash out and get millions and millions of dollars out of it. Um, this was a lot like that. Okay. Um, and that was like a six episode series. It was it was pretty darn great yeah um this suffered by the fact that again there were so many different checkpoints that they had to hit yeah that took away from the actual excitement of the story which i think is is, it felt like a soderbergh type of movie yeah to where everything's kind of laid out there you're 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 
exposed to these caper. what feel caper. that's the word i'm looking for uh, it, they feel like uh side characters but they end up being main characters to the story um and i don't think it, I, I just don't think the the story does a good job of of executing on bringing bringing those side characters fully into the forefront no, of, they don't. of the story and it's not the, and it's not even that they needed to be it's just like i said there's just so much of this film that just could be thrown away outside of statham and um uh what's her name uh Safra. yeah saffron Burroughs. um those two felt in place right place yeah. all the time no issues their stuff and the mi5 agent actually didn't have an issue with him i personally i really enjoyed that that element yeah, i didn't I did buy i didn't understand it in the beginning but that's that's the I one plot i don't think you're supposed thought, to yeah that's the one plot thread i thought worked paid it paid, paid off. off everything else just like i said i think there's a really good movie in here somewhere yeah i just didn't find it um I, I could follow the easter eggs and recreate it and in my head make it the movie i want it to be but it just isn't this um kudos to statham for doing something a little different it's not exactly a statham staple yeah uh, but as a whole i just thought the bank job is forgettable nothing i'll ever need to watch again i said that last time i watched it now i've watched it a second time definitely don't plan on watching it a third time yeah um i just um it's not that it's a bad film it's not that the performances are bad statham's fine the dialogue's fine the script's fine the cinematography's fine it's old it looks old it's dated but Agreed. um it's you know there's nothing wrong with the film except the fact that I, you know the greatest sin of a film is bore boredom and I got bored in this film more often than not and I thought the tonal shift in the first forty five minutes second forty five minutes was too jarring for me for this cast to make up for yeah or the director to direct them through agreed so I uh, gave this uh, three stars though three stars as well wow um, uh, Partially because I, I can't objectively say it's worse than a three-star film. I yeah. just didn't enjoy it. I, I try to be objective. I don't try to rate on enjoyment. I try to be objective see, and that, enjoyment I, pairing. I think I'm the opposite, though, because I, I enjoyed it. But looking back, I realized like there was a lot missed here. Yeah. A lot of missed opportunity. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's bank job. Not a lot to expand on there for me. I just didn't overall yeah. have a great time. So, it. I say we hit law-abiding citizen all right um because well i'll say bank job one of my big issues was it with it was you know statham didn't really get to be trash action hero but this is a it it was a trash it was trashy oh yeah you got a lot of tits a lot of tits a lot of drug you got a lot of stuff um and so i think that's that kind of sits that mold law-abiding citizen though um I can't wait to break down. I'm giving a spoiler here. Who would win in a fight out of all these characters? Oh, spoiler God. Or just this dude. Yeah. Not in a fist fight. I mean, but if he knew well in advance that they were going to fight. Well, he would know before the fight happened. He's <laughs> like Professor X without superpowers. Is, but. is that is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Because I think he would have seen some things coming. So, yeah. Law Abiding Citizen is a movie that I feel like I kind of rested my laurels on. It's like, I really enjoy this movie. I like it. Yep. I appreciate it. Same. This watch through though, it it lost a lot of its sheen for me. Okay. Um, Why don't you read the synopsis for us and then we'll I pull it, it up. Um, so it is directed by F. Gray Gray, um, and it simply put is the system must pay. Frustrated man decides to take justice into his own hands after a plea bargain sets one of his family's killers free. He targets not only the killer but also the district attorney and others involved in the deal. On a rewatch, what did you have it on prior? Did you have it rated beforehand? I had it rated a four star. Okay, I had it at three and a half beforehand, and I kept it at a three and a okay. half. Okay. I dropped this down to a three woof. simply because I say woof, but I knew you did that. Yeah. Already, it's simply because there's not enough context to the story. Okay. How so? Why are they attacked in the beginning? Who? Why is it's a random home invasion, random home invasion. Okay. Why did it feel so personal then? I don't think originally it was meant to. Yeah. That's why, hence the other guy was like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, the, I think if you didn't, if they were both that way and malicious, I think you get it. But the dude who got but executed. They, but they allude later on, like, to part of the plea deal mm-hmm. is, is like, he, he has all this information. It just, it didn't feel, it was disconnected. 
Um, because yeah. if it was personal, they would have gone after him considering he, what he does. But yeah. obviously, he's like black ops behind S- the scenes. Kind of second like, thing. At what point, as me as a victim who has an attorney, does my attorney get the say of like we're not pursuing this anymore? I actually googled that. Okay, so thank you. Because uh, I was not that going bothered to me because I didn't catch that when I was yeah. a kid watching this in theaters, and then as a kid watching it again. Yeah. You know, as a kid, but high school, you know, whatever. They can. Okay. Not around here. Obviously, yeah. they're going to do that. But high-profile lawyers and stuff can do that. Uh, if there's an emotional state of their client that they deem... Okay, some some explanation would have been great. Right. that was one of those things this where... This is I'm, a trash action film. Yes. <laughs> I don't think it is, though. No, it, it is. It's not. It is. This is a classy trash action. Okay. Uh, actually, it's not even really an action film. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. Um, yeah, so... His family gets killed, random robbery gone wrong. Um, and he loses the case basically because the yeah. one guy who didn't do anything, who was actually like at the moral objector, yeah. gets sent to death row. The um, other is basically a rat, out. rats on his, you know, flips, tells it basically everything he did, rats it on the other guy, which yeah. was the DNA testing. Uh, it, it was inconclusive, yeah, inconclusive, whatever that means. Uh, I mean, I know what that means, but how I don't know. Um, so, uh, you know, Jar Butler's character is. Super tore up about it. Doesn't understand why. Yeah. You actually pretty decent the, Gerard Butler performance early on with the emotional stuff. Yeah. I thought, and like the just devastation on his face. I actually was really impressed with Butler watching it from that lens. I thought in this film, uh, especially early on, I, I liked his performance. Um, and Jamie Foxx is his lawyer. Yeah. Um, the, the interaction that he has with Jamie Foxx um, and Gerard Butler, um, basically where he he's like, you know, it's not really how you feel. It's, you know, what you can prove in court. What you believe yep. is what you can prove in court. Yep. Um, and Gerard Butler's character obviously takes that very personal, takes it very hard. Uh, Jamie Foxx is just, you know, uh, he is one of those people that is just very ambitious and is only worried That's about his success 97% rate. Ninety-seven percent close rate. Yeah. Um, and so Nick Rice is 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 the character's name. Um, Ten years pass, and we catch them going to arrest. The, yeah, the actual arrest, and um, basically the kill goes wrong. And then you find out it's just an it's a domino, which I love. Well, actually, the next thing is the execution of the uh, yeah that happens first. Yeah. Oh, I, execu- I was jumping to Darby. No, the, yeah. it's the execution of the dude that was actually sent to jail. Yeah, and then it's just a domino effect of yeah, Darby. He, and, he was supposed to be a simple, painless injection to death, and he gets tortured to death basically through the wrong injection, and then Darby gets let out by some the other robber yeah. who actually did all the murders. Uh, gets led out by some guardian angel. Turns out it's Jar. But what's his character's name? You pulled up over there. Uh, Clyde. Clyde. Um, it's Clyde, and then he gets him to this, takes him to this abandoned warehouse, and dismembers him. Uh, and then sends the video to Jamie Foxx's wife and daughter to their house, um, and gets himself, you know, gets himself caught. Wants to be in prison, and then the cat and mouse game begins. He has all this knowledge that he couldn't possibly know without having an accomplice. And he's always five steps ahead of Jamie Foxx and the police and the state troopers and the prison guard. Like he just figures it out, gets stakes brought to the prison, the mattress he wants because he's got all the negotiating power because he knows things he shouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, they end up meeting with this like CIA blacklist kind of guys like, hey, if this guy's in prison, that's where he wants to be. Y'all <laughs> yeah. messed up. Y'all are done for. You're screwed. That's the g- gist of it, right? It's the guy from House of Cards. So anytime he shows up, I mean, yeah, he's friends with Gerard Butler. He's friends with Frank Underwood. That's bad times. Uh, <laughs> You know, basically saying, hey, he's a tactician. That's what he did in the military. If the SEALs couldn't get it done, they called this guy to get it done. Like, he's a master tactician that was like the blackest of black ops for the government. Like, if he wants you dead, he's just toying with you at this point. Yeah. So once they get this information, they still don't fully believe it. They still test him. He, you know, proves his point a few more times. And, you know, it's really kind of he's his Gerard Butler Clyde's goal is to bring the whole corrupt. It's He has a righteous vendetta. In yes. his eyes. And you, any any viewer can view it that way to a degree. Yeah. Like, you know, he's bringing the whole system corrupt and he gives, it's like a parable. He gives Jamie Foxx ample opportunities to get do out the of right these thing. situations, yeah. to do the right thing, to blah, blah, blah. And he just gets more and more hardened, but in his own set of righteous ways. Yeah. Um. So you kind of have this righteous, you know, pissing contest yeah. of who's going to be right. Um. And they end up finding out that uh, through a lot of attrition and some, you know, different traps back and forth that Butler over these 10 years bought all these properties, tunneled into the prison, got to solid, like leads right to solitary where he just got sent to. And, um, his last grand 
act, Clyde's was, was going to be to bomb the city hall where all the leaders of the government were about to, to discuss him. Yeah. Um, and there was a napalm going to go off. Well, Jamie Foxx figures it out, takes it back to his prison cell. And when he goes back to the prison cell to detonate it, you know, he gives him a chance to basically give him the phone and he doesn't. And he locks him in there and the napalm's in there and he dies. Yeah. Boom goes off. He does at peace though. He does. He does at peace. Clyde's not upset. Um, so therein lies the one plot hole. How did he not see that coming? Mike's mind is just arrogance. I mean, I, 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 don't I think it's, I think it's resolve. True. Like I, I think he just, he knew it was only going to end one way and his whole, I think his whole purpose was to impact Jamie Foxx, which is a weird, weird thing to, to do. Um, he was the main target because yeah, all roads lead to death for him. Like you said, I mean, yeah. he, he wasn't, he didn't plan on living regardless. No. I don't, can't imagine. No. Uh, I, I read a review that someone said his plan was to die and be a, the napalm. Like he did all that to get caught. Yeah. I don't buy that theory No, or else why go all the theatrics after he locks him in the cell? Cause he tries, he tries to get the briefcase out, blah, blah, blah. If he really meant to die there and decided he just leave it smirk. Yeah. Then hold the brace up like he did rather than go through all yeah. the trying to get the box out. Yeah. I mean, it could be a desperate, oh, shoot, panic. Maybe I changed my mind, but I doubt it. I don't yeah. think that's how it works. Um, what what works for you in this? Like, truly. Everything worked about this film for me. It, uh, it's I thought ex- Butler gives a great performance. Yeah. I thought Jamie Foxx gives a pretty good performance. We've seen better Foxx performances. For what this movie is, I thought Foxx was good. I thought Cole McKinney was good. The, yes. The, the other, the detective. Uh, I thought he was good. Uh, the, the act of death sequences. Like I jump scared Bro, when that the phone, phone, the phone sequence every time, man, it's so brutal. There was one sequence in this film. I even Googled it and I can't find it. It's got, it's gotta be like a Mandela effect. I thought this film had a thing where someone picked up the phone and a needle went into someone's eardrum, like a pay phone or a cell phone or something. And like a, when they picked it up a landline, a yeah. needle went in and punctured an eardrum. I have a vivid memory. I see Gerard huh. Butler's face on the other end of the Might line. Might be a different movie. I can't, it doesn't exist on the internet. Huh. So I can't figure it out. Don't know. That bugs me. And yeah. that's going to be a rabbit hole. I get a little, it's going to be like my Zodiac killer. I can't, I got to <laughs> find this needle thing. But every time I type it, it's Saul. And I know it's not Saul. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought the kills were great. Uh, I thought the, I thought the four planning for a lot of the things were good. Set Like the, the, the set with um, him in the original holding cell, mm-hmm. like that whole look and everything it looks awesome. It's so nefarious that film I watched the movie The Christian one about the demonic possessed guy. Yeah. It's they definitely stole that from Law Abiding Citizens. Like the same canary cage oh, yeah. and everything's pretty neat. And he's kind of like the same. Like I didn't realize I hadn't I seen this in if, so long. I wonder if that's like an actual on location place though. Maybe it looked identical. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I, I was like, oh nefarious ripped half of this film from <laughs> uh same thing with the plot almost yeah. too. But supernatural. Anyway, um I thought the plot of this film was actually pretty good. It was for, for the time, you know, in a time where these kind of movies were getting chugged out regularly in the early mid two thousands. Yeah. I thought this had more substance to it than a lot of films from that time. Uh, it wasn't just a mindless shoot 'em up kind of film. It actually had some thought and some strategy behind it. Uh, the cat and mouse was a lot of fun in this film. I thought Fox and Butler were a great pairing. Uh, I, the reason I don't have it above three and a half stars is because it is just, end of the day uh cut and dry action thriller you know there's nothing overly special to it. the performances are all good they're not great the story is good it's not great um first time watching it i remember being at the edge of my seat but it's kind of like stir of echoes and all those other films once you see it once you kind of remember the main plot yeah. line so it's not like a shock to you so it loses a little bit of that luster uh, but worked for me mainly though. I thought Gerard Butler was perfect in this film in terms of what he for what the role was. I thought he was great and I thought the action sequences the death sequences the stuff like that were were just fantastic yeah um as far as the four movies that we've talked about this that we talk about this week um this movie probably sits the lowest i think um uh, it's tied with bang job it's tied with greenland for me but anyway uh because oh my gerard, gosh, ridiculous. Because, that's my that's gonna be my cop shop stand this because week because gerard butler we don't see him outside of the like the torture stuff like we don't really see him hand to do hand. anything yeah, no because he he's a master tactician yeah he but he is he is the overall it's the overall presence of him in this movie yeah is, and he is has a lot of thing. screen time you yeah. do see him in the prison with this steak knife that is honestly 
That was great. That was one of my favorite parts. Same. And the music when he switches it. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. So, yeah, yeah no, uh, yeah, that, that, a lot, a lot worked for me. A lot more worked for me than didn't work for me. I thought that, like I said, the action sequences, all that stuff was good. I thought the, you know, we talk about visual effects. I thought the visual effects in this film hold up pretty well for being yeah. a, what year is this? Uh, 09. 09. Holds up pretty well for being a 2009 film. Yeah. Uh, I thought. So, what worked for you? Uh, this, story like pacing of it mm-hmm. i really like oh, it. oh yeah there's it's, not a lot of dead time no this is one of those movies where i just kind of settle back and honestly i watched this while i was working on some other stuff mm-hmm. and so it, it's just one of those movies where the different beats in the movie like there's not a lot of drag like you no. said it just it just kind of rides um and it's it's uh it's good again it just this watch through just really lost i lost a lot of luster on it um so I, I see though in Letterbox it has a uh, a sequel. Oh, I don't it? know how old it is. Can't be a. I don't think Butler anybody's on it. I mean, he's a producer. Oh, is it out? No, no, it's just a. It's just on the on Title here card? as a sequel. Oh, never got made. No, no. <laughs> well, that is my theory. I didn't talk about what didn't work for me. Yeah, is I thought he probably didn't die. Oh, being a master tactician, he would know in advance. He'd have a no. He had another way out. Yeah, like because yeah. if you're a master tactician, you don't. I just can't imagine you have one Boxes way in, one way corner. out. Yeah, you know what I mean. I agree. Uh, kind of like crank, like crank ends. You just know it's not another. So I could see there being. I didn't know that, but that didn't work for me. Actually, that bugged me a little bit. Okay, but if they made a sequel, it wouldn't bug me. Okay, whatever. Uh, Let's you, hit home front. All right, you don't like this movie. This now this is trash action this is, cinema. This right is here. trash action cinema. It is it is probably the truest version of it, but also one of the worst. <laughs> and you know what's funny though? If you just sit and look at the Jason Statham, James Franco, Winona Ryder, uh, Rachel LaFerver, Kate Bosworth, Clancy Brown, and then you start getting the Frank Grillo. Uh, yeah. Anytime he shows up, you know you've got yep. a B movie somewhere. Uh but it looks like he walks right out of like the cop shop. Oh, yeah. Or, or walks right into cop shop from this. But um, yeah, so Homefront, Statham film. Uh, how far would you go to protect your home? Bill Broker is a former DEA agent who has gone through a crisis after his action against a biker gang went horribly wrong and it cost the life of his boss's son. He is recently widowed and is left with a nine year old daughter, Maddie. He decides to quit the turbulent and demanding life of thrill for Maddie's sake and retires to a small town. His daughter fights off a boy who was bullying her at school, and this sets in motion a round of events that end in the direct confrontation with a local meth drug lord. His past history with the biker gang also enters the arena, making matters more complex. But he has a mission in his mind to protect his daughter, and he is ready to pay any cost that it demands. Um, I love that Statham just... Statham doesn't try to do accents. Hi. He just keeps his accent through and through, and it's great. Yeah, Butler... He'll he'll try to adapt. Yes, he will. He will try to do a different accent. Yeah. Uh, now in Greenland, he didn't do that either. Well, they they pull it into the plot at least. Yes. Which is in Greenland, respectable. Yes. Yes. Uh, but like in Law Abiding Citizen, he is a passable English accent. Uh, yes. Like American accent. Yeah. And then in uh, well, we'll get he has, yeah, he hasn't used his accent in any yeah, others. No. Um, well, except Rock and Rolla, which yeah. is based in Britain. Yeah. So. He, he gets an extra little bonus point for actually shifting his voice. Yeah. Not saying you have to do that, but in terms of you're just waging the actor, I don't ever hear Jason Statham really try to do an American it's accent. A, and I'm not sure I would want him to, but if he was ever going to do it, this is the film to do it for. Yes. Um, if you're going to go Orlando Bloom in the the right, the red right hand. Louisiana. With Jack, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny. If I would have put James Franco in Orlando Bloom and who would have the worst countryish accent i would probably go with orlando bloom but yeah. he was better than james franco i think in this movie so. i i agree uh you haven't even seen i haven't but james franco was pretty bad in this bad, bad. i don't remember the, i saw had, this in theaters with david brandon i thought so david brandon is like the biggest jason statham stand on the planet i believe it and we went and saw this i don't remember loving it watching it here i lowered it from four stars to three it got a whole star drop that's for me. rough yeah um it's not the same i didn't like it this like i said this is peak trash action cinema man i mean it is it has this target audience i mean you look at the trailer or you look at the the cover mm-hmm. for it you know you got a guy in a trucker hat holding a little girl american flag over american his shoulder flag, like he, which has yeah. no bearing in the film zero ever none no nope. no uh, patriotic like 
semblance. You got, some, you got some fire and ember underneath with James Franco, who in 2013 was still riding pretty high. Yeah. Who, so yeah. So yeah. So I mean, the plot synopsis sums it up pretty good. I mean, yes. he's an undercover agent. Uh, does a meth sting, goes wrong, ends up killing the biker's son. Retires, small town, yeah. Louisiana town. Um, and you know, his daughter learns how to fight because it's his daughter, and she whoops on this redneck kid who. Uh, whose mom is the sister to James Franco, who is a meth small town two bit drug lord. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, you, and James Franco's pretty reasonable at first. Like, hey, I don't want to get involved. Your son's, you know, your son's a wimp. Your husband's a wimp. Yeah. You know, but whatever. There's, there's a lot, of, a lot of toxic masculinity on display. Yep. So he goes, breaks yeah. into the house. You know, sends a message. Uh, his goons end up going to intimidate him, and then finally James Franco gets personally involved in it because Statham's making him look bad. Yeah. So now you've got this full blood feud going on. Um, and, you know, uh, as Winona's, Winona Ryder's character in here is one of the biggest don't work for me things in the film. I, because yeah. she's a great actress. Yeah. Given the right... I've seen some terrible Winona Ryder performances. And I've seen some great Winona Ryder performances. And it just depends on what she's in. Yeah. This is not a Winona Ryder. Why you would cast her in the film, I just don't She seem get. interested. Uh, no, it's below, this is beneath her. And I don't say that because she's not like... No, she's she's introduced in the movie. And then like her and... Uh, Franco. Yeah, Gator um, get together. And it's like immediately it cuts to them having sex. But it's like the furthest shot sex scene, which makes me think like <laughs> Winona Ryder wouldn't nothing to do with James Franco. So like, no. let's yeah. just... This yeah, they call her meth hormone they do by her other yes. name. Like it, yeah, just it didn't fit her very well. I don't know. But that was I know I'm skipping it. That's just one of my biggest because we're talking about to make a point. Didn't work for me. Uh and it felt very this whole film felt very rushed. Like everything you get a plot point, brush it to the next. Get another plot point, brush it to the next, just so you can get to all the action at the end. Uh which makes sense. I get it for what this film is. Uh and it's got it doesn't have a great long runtime either. It's just to me, and not, not that I want this film to stay out any longer, but no, it I felt very broomy, broomed along. I it, it feels like so this movie was released in 2013. I feel like this is a, a point in time where if you were to make a blockbuster movie or like something that was quote unquote successful, it had to hit a certain time mm-hmm. for it to be considered that if you did anything less, it's like considered, oh, this is you write it off. Um there was too much embellished or not like embellished isn't even the right word because I feel like they didn't flesh out enough, but, um, a lot of, um, uh, redundancy Mm -hmm. to the storyline to, to, to the dynamic of, of Statham's character and, uh, Franco, like the, the, the beef that they have with one another, because Mm -hmm. in a perfect world, they would cut out a lot of the stuff after the fight Franco would have intervened sooner instead yep. of the whole back and forth. Yep, because um, it didn't fit either character. Yeah, because Statham or Franco. Yeah, because uh, uh, Broker ends up who's uh, Statham's character. Broker uh, goes to uh, the family that his daughter had beat the son and basically apologizes. But you know, Franco's character is still yep. doing his thing. Like you cut out some of that, you save probably fifteen minutes. Yeah, and you get a leaner, more action packed. Like you dedicate more time to that ending. And it just, it works better. And another thing that bugged me about this film, you're going to tell me that a guy who has been deep undercover probably more than once, you know what I mean? is just going to have an unlocked basement with all of his undercover witness protection programs just sitting right there for the first thing to pull over. Like, no way. Terrible. Like, no, 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 nobody does that. You know, I, I do a better time just hiding my taxes than that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, well, IRS, I don't mean I'm hiding my taxes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like your records. Yeah. That, that was just a layup plot thing that bugged the fire out of me the second time. Yeah. Uh, and Statham's not that not aware, like in any film, like he was very, he's kind of dumb in this film. And my last qui- quibble that actually bugged me about this film is one thing I give Statham films, the good and the bad, the action sequences are pretty good. Yeah. And they're intense and the choreography is good. The biggest fight scene in this film. He wasn't in. It, it, well, no, the gas station one was the best one. That worked oh, for me. Oh, really? I loved that. I loved the barn scene with uh, Omar. The horse? Or, uh, yeah. Where he gives, stabs him with the, the pitchfork. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. There's, there that's was one, some, the, there was that's one of the best, yeah. The the Statham's part, though, with Grillo and all them? Yeah. It's all in the dark. Yeah. And it's fine if it does, right? Like, I think of, we, I say this every time because we bring it up because it's action. 
John Wick, yeah. that POV is dark. He has the the dragon's breast shotgun to eliminate light. All this was so dark, you it's barely could see anything because that typically means it's poor choreography, poor directed, poor directing, and that's a disservice to what Statham does best. Yeah. Uh, so that, that that bugged me. Now, that, like I said, there were some memorable kills, but you just couldn't see him as well. And like the they paint Frank Grillo to be this like master biker assassin. He just gets dispatched pretty freaking quick. And there's like he comes off so sadistic. Like I thought his crawfish scene was actually a pretty good introduction to Grillo. Pretty menacing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. I don't remember him being this intense. And then I was like, oh, well, yeah, because he fizzles out as soon as he gets to the farm. Yeah. Uh, you know, there wasn't much to it. So that's what didn't work for me about the film. Uh, Rachel Lefevre's hot. The teacher. Oh, yeah. We didn't she, get enough of her. No, she's on Statham, dude. Okay. Uh, that's where all the beat em up went. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, she's in Under the Dome, which is a great underrated show back in the day. Stephen King's adaptation. Um, anyway, yeah, I... Thought she was good. I thought Statham was fine. A little dumb. I loved Omer's character. You mentioned him. I thought he was great. Could have used some more of him. Yeah, some more. In there as well. And you're going to tell me he didn't have any redneck friends, yeehaw friends that couldn't have helped out at any point in this film either. It's not. Um, I didn't like the daughter that much. But I also didn't no, the daughter was her so annoying. Yeah. Don't talk about her acting. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hate it. I also didn't dislike it. She was kind of a net neutral for me. No. Um, I knew I knew the moment because uh, I've only seen clips of this movie before. Uh, it was one that was just always on like TNT or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, scrolling through, um, but that whenever she confronts the bully at school, like yeah. that whole sequence, I was like, okay, this is buckle up. This is the type of movie we're gonna get. Is just and so you know it's always gonna be a coin toss when it says introducing and it's <laughs> the first time. And then you yes. go look at their filmography. They got three films since this. So, ah, they didn't pan out. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so. The gas station film scene, that worked for me. Okay. The action sequence where he's trying to pump gas. That that scene was broad daylight, good choreography, good fight, and felt like that was warranted. The boat dock scene where he has a second intervening with those guys. Yeah. Enjoyed that as well, where he's going to like the meth lab on fire and gets interrupted. Yes. That was good. I agree. Uh, and I thought the one James Franco scene that was any good was the uh, uh, diner scene where Statham confronts him. Yes. I thought he was good there. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I thought Franco was yeah. very forgettable. For for two people that otherwise are going through this whole blood feud thing, they don't interact enough. No, for there to be as much animosity. And the same thing just for their acting prowess. I mean, yeah, Statham I, is better than he's been in this film. And Franco, Franco, Franco's a better actor than Statham. I mean, you've seen it in other films. Okay. I don't. I don't see it in this. I, no, not in this. I'm saying in general. Okay. I know Franco has more to give than what he gave in this role. Okay. And same with Statham. Have you not seen 127 Hours or uh, I, I hadn't, The no. Disaster Artist or anything like that? No. You've I never mean, seen The Disaster Artist? No. About the making of The Room? No. Mark. Have yeah. you ever seen that? I have not oh, seen it. you should it. watch The Disaster Artist. I probably will. Anyway, no, Franco... Franco's got some underrated acting chops. And it's like, how do you how to misuse James Franco 101? Yeah. Either you give him some real meat to act with, or you give him some humor. You gave him neither. You gave him a redneck podunk. Again, I think Franco he can have range, but it's not wide, wide range. Well, it, yeah, well, it, I think and he's I don't not, I don't think this is in that. I think categories. Franco's range is either lowbrow humor. That's not good. Which is a given. Or it's Oscar bait where he's like, oh, wow, Franco can really act. This is that middle of the ground where Franco does not do well. In. Okay. Um, and it just didn't work for me. Uh, I feel like I'm almost talking myself down to two and a half stars here. Uh, yeah, That's where I don't know. Just join me. That's where yeah, I'm at. I don't know. I I'm just, at two um, and a half. This film's not a bad movie. It's not a good movie. Really, my, I think my biggest qualm sitting here thinking about it is how dumb Statham is in this film. Uh, I just yeah, I just feel like there's there's some set stuff for me that doesn't really work great. Um, whenever you get to the to the final scene and then the car chase at the end, um, yeah, watch out for that. <laughs> when you get to the car car scene chase, like oh, it's like it's like you re hit. It's like you hit all the spots you'd already been in the movie. Like you hit the boatyard. Like the sheriff is just a gnat that's around, doesn't do anything with. Yeah, which that's another one. Clancy Brown's can be a pretty good addition to a film or TV show. He was t- just pointless in this movie. Yeah, especially because I thought if he would have shot Franco at the end, though, would have felt a lot more justified. No, oh. but instead he just. <sighs> You could thank my daughter. Yeah. She's the reason you're alive. So stupid. It would have been a lot more impactful for me if Clancy Brown 
shot Statham after everything. Yeah. Or not Statham, uh, Franco after all the protecting. Yeah. So yeah, home front, not near as good as I remember it being. Uh, so, and I've already in depth discussed what didn't, didn't work for me. So any, uh, any, no, about I'm ready on to move on. all right, Greenland. Now I, mm, I like some Greenland a lot. Let me just, let me get this off my chest. I despise calamity movies really? like world even like the day after tomorrow and stuff hate like that. it really it, that's like one of my favorite movies it pulls on all of my worst anxieties in the world oh that's why you don't like them oh yeah especially if they're realistic kind of yeah. ones not like stupid disasters yeah, yeah. like aliens yeah no but this, this is plausible this is plausible um it's funny because because my mom she i just kind of gets into that stuff um she got me a sat phone for Christmas. Hey, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I realize that in land of bad, that's what saved their yeah, life. Yeah, well, the, the point, the, the joke was I almost went to sleep with my sat phone last night. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in case. Yeah. Uh, I but, just would not get chosen though. No, I wouldn't either. So <laughs> I feel like though, if I had, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. So I was going to say, if I had 48 hours to prepare for a calamity though, like I could find a way to survive. I don't. I'm not going to say on podcast what I would do. You kill yourself. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> not now that you have a kid. I I know that. That's what listen, made me so upset watching this again. Listen, the second we, time we need to rewatch. We're not rewatch. We need to talk about this movie okay. before we get into what we would like, do. What is it about? Oh this my is... gosh! <laughs> All right, yeah. John Garrity. Uh, Gerard. This is a Gerard Butler film. Um, his. Gerard Garrity, his estranged wife, and their young son embark on a perilous journey to find sanctuary as a planet-killing comet hurdles towards Earth. Amid terrifying accounts of cities getting leveled, the Garrities experience the best and worst in humanity. As the countdown to global apocalypse approaches zero, their incredible trek culminates in a desperate and last-minute flight to a possible possible safe haven. Kind of spoilerly little plot there. Yeah. Because uh, there's some twists and turns that take to get there. Yeah. Um, so this stars Gerard Butler, uh, Morena Bak- B- Bakarin. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people know her from Deadpool as Wade's girl, but I know her from V, which is a great little CBS show, alien show back in the day. Um, it's got, uh, what's his name? R- Roy. Yeah, David Roy from the office. Uh, Hope Davis. Who, freaking amazing. Yep. Hope Davis. And uh, where is the dad? Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn and you got Hulk Mc, Holt McCallany, which who he's riding his the pilot from uh yeah. he was the dad in the Iron Claw. Iron Claw. Yep. So yep, so Greenland. Disaster film about a what was supposed to be a comet just passing near Earth and then starts branching off into smaller, bigger yeah. comets that start hitting Earth one at a time, small, small, small. And then Jar Butler is like this. He's a building engineer. Like he's like a an super high tech building engineer. Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess skyscraper kind of stuff yeah. looks like. Uh, They're going to need those. Yep. Yeah. And he, he he's going to pick his son up. Uh, it's his birthday. Or, yeah, it's his birthday because having yeah. a birthday party. And uh, you realize him and his wife are working on a marriage. He's had an affair, you find out later. And um, he takes his son to go get some last second beer and wine for all the guests in the subdivision that are coming to see him the party while he's at the so while he's at the market he is the only person in the store gets like a like an amber alert kind of thing and it's a government presidential warning saying hey you've been chosen you your wife your son pack one bag a piece and go to uh a, a location that we'll tell you later so they they believe they go back home uh jar butler's obviously real wigged out you can see the comet in the sky it looks a lot closer jar butler's yeah. getting a little dicey about the whole thing plus with the alert so he goes home, tells his wife about what's happening. She's like, oh, hey, you're being dramatic, blah, blah, blah. And then it comes on on their TV in front of all their family and friends. And they're all like now panicked. And yep. then right as they're trying to figure out how serious it is, the footage comes in of the comet that's going to hit Florida, which is, I don't know, a couple hundred miles away from them. Yeah. Safe, you would think. And then it just goes black on the screen. And then Jar Butler runs outside to see what's happening. And he sees all the birds flying. Then all of a sudden you hear, boom, pap, you know, is like a nuclear bomb. Like yes. hundreds of miles away. 1,500 miles away. Yeah, 1,500 miles away. It shatters glass and knocks Jar Butler 15 feet back. Uh, so obviously when the screen comes back on, it's it just leveled this whole state of Florida, basically. Yeah. 
Uh, and then they realize, oh, wow, hey, that presidential alert is probably pretty real. So you get one of the heart, most heart-wrenching moments to me is that mom outside begging for them to take their kids, yes. you know, especially now that I have a little kid, you have a kid on the way. Like that kind of stuff gets me a little more now than it used to. Yep. Um, so they're going to the airport, taking the kid who's type one diabetic, has to take his medicines. They get to the airport. I uh, have to take a couple detours to get there. And once they get there, they get cleared. Uh, they realize he forgot his medicine. Yeah. So he goes back to get kid. his medicine. And then when the wife freaks out about it, gets a little uncomfortable. She's like, hey, he needs his meds. They're like, oh, hey, guess what? You can't fly because you are sick. Yeah. So it further separates them further and they keep missing each other little by little. And then you have like a one of the most intense moments of this movie that doesn't get enough time. Yes. Is that World War Z mo- moment where have you seen World War Z with Brad Pitt? Where you no. just get the throngs of people rushing the airport in panic mode yes. to take over. Terrifying. That, that's not it for me. Uh, what was that? What was that for oh, you? Oh, the the Abductor scene. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get there. Oh, that's uh, yeah. no. Like to me, that bum rush. How chaotic that would be if you're looking for your yeah, wife. I mean, and the only family. thing that could relate to it in real life is Black, Black Friday. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured you say. I've been in those crowds. Uh, Turbo Man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Turbo so uh, he they realize they're gonna go. They kind of have the same idea. Hey, let's meet at your dad's in Lexington. Um, and he goes back to the car, and that's where they went. So. Uh, they stop at a pharmacy, the the daughter or the wife and the son stop at a pharmacy where they see a shooting. They do get some diabetic supplies. Um, and when they're leaving, they get picked up. I think they up. call it insulin. Insulin. Diabetic <laughs> supplies, yeah. Uh, when they get, when they're leaving, they uh, kind of hitchhike with this sweet, this lady who's in there. And, she's, and they are actually in, yes, in any other nice. situation, really good people yeah. probably. Um, and then they do some digging and they're going to Knoxville. like, we'll take you as far as Knoxville and then that. That's yeah. where we have to stop. Yeah, they find out there's an air base in Knoxville. The second one, because the one um, in Georgia got overran yes. and blew up and yeah. all sorts of bad stuff. Um, so the wife and son are with this couple, and as they start digging in, they realize they were chosen. Yes. Um, and understand this reasons around it, and they kind of have this, like, hey, we aren't bad people. I promise you on my life, which they meant. I do genuinely believe it. They would have taken the son, raised him. They're not like creepers or anything like that. You know what I mean? Not like pedophiles yeah. or anything like that. Which, when I first watched this film, I thought they were for sure going to be like pedophiles. No. I was worried. But that's not a Gerard Butler kind of MO. So, no. Uh, you know, so they strip, which is some of the best acting in the film is the son and the wife fear the yeah, separation. The, the scream was gut wrenching. Gut wrenching. Great on both ends. Yeah. And uh, Hope Davis did some pretty good acting because she did not, she was not on board with this. No. Which is how you know they're actually, any other scenario, probably good people. Yeah. Um, um, pushback i don't i don't believe that though i think it was terrible i, mean, I think the dad like there was no goodwill in it i it I, is, I, I think he would have done right by they them. weren't they, no because they weren't going to be able to get on no if they got on i'm saying i think genuinely think if they could have cleared it they would have taken him and done right by the kid but you're still kicking kicking the mother out you're still oh, yeah, separating no, no the mother what it is i'm just saying yeah. i think you never know how you're going to be in those situations, obviously. Totally. You, even we don't. But I, I think that pre-calamity, they probably be okay people. You know what I mean? I agree. So anyway, uh, a lot of circumstance happens. She hitches a ride with a Hispanic family, gets to the airport, um, which obviously at this point, those two people realize they were not. The kid's like, these are not my parents, which yeah. is the worst acting of the film for all of his good screaming. He's like, they're not my mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, and they separate him and you know they take they take him to the pediatric tip because he's crashing because he has no insulin yeah mom gets there freaks out another good bout of acting for her uh, i thought she did pretty good trying to find the son and frantically i thought her i thought her acting actually was really good all the way around it was um they find her they reunite uh get on a military bus go to their dad's house uh gerard butler in the meantime, has hitched a ride uh, with a group of refugees headed to Canada. Yeah. Where there's a bunch of people flying to Greenland. So he finds out there's King Batch, TikTok star or Vine star from back in the day. It's the black. Oh, movie. yeah. Um, you know, and gives him all this information because his, his sister was selected or his mom. Well, his mom was selected. So that's how he got all this information. Um, so they're going to Canada together. Uh, but like the wife and the son, they find out. Not him. This other redneck from Appalachia yeah. find out he's got this wristband. They try to take it from him, and they fight to the death. He kills a couple of them on accident, and um, in self defense, and um, has to continue to try to find his way there. Uh, how did he? How did he get to his dad's house? Uh, he ends up. 
because he 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 gets off there, walks for a while, sees the he Baptist church. He ends up to house. Yeah, he ends up at oh, a house and leaves house a note. And leaves the, a takes note. the Camry. That's it. Yes, yeah. and drives there. Yeah. The timing on this is something's not right. No, Something I agree. does not add and, up. And purposely they glaze through it. Yeah. So now you had forty eight hours. He drives from Atlanta to Lexington. To Kentucky. Lexington. Which is, no, no. At that point, at the point of him at the house, it was twenty four hours. Because he he turns on the news and and sees. Basically, all yeah, that. Yeah, so the math doesn't math. Math here. does not math. But that's okay. They brush through that. They don't try to make yeah. it a point. Which is one of those films, I don't need it to make a point. You know what I mean? Uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so they, they meet at the house. Uh, I thought the dad, Scott Glenn. Great, Perfect. Great casting. Yeah. Perfect casting for this. The only, if you had more budget, Harrison Ford would have been the next best cast. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, or Chuck Norris or somebody like that. Kevin yeah. Cosner, Michael Keaton, those kind of characters. Gruff. Um, you know, they have this random off conversation like, oh, hey, we love you. We're glad we're back together. And the dad's like, you, you know, no matter how bad things, you don't get to jump into another woman's bed, blah, blah, blah. But I love you. You know, they had the real quick reconciliation. The wife hears it. Oh, we love each other. Very quick plot reunion to get everybody back on the same page. And then they're like, hey, Planet Killer is going to hit. It's going to destroy the world. Uh, you should come with us. He's like, nope. My wife died here. I'm going to die here. Doesn't matter if it's today, tomorrow, next year. I'm dying here. I'm happy. Yeah. So he stays. They go. They book it to Canada. They get the last plane. They stop their front of it. Iron Claw dad's there. Um, they get him up there. Uh, one of the most stressful parts of the film is the flight. Uh, the crashing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Especially after watching Society of Snow. Um, they end up making it to the bunker. Uh, just in the nick of time. Uh, nine months pass. They open it. Uh, the world is completely tanked. But you got a Noah's Ark kind of moment. You see two birds flying around. They get to you know restart the Earth, and then there's check-ins from all over the world: Russia, Greenland, America, wherever it was in America. All these places are clear. Um, people survived. Yeah. Um, but the, I would say what ninety percent of the population died. Uh, I mean, they said it was like no. Yeah, you're probably right. Ninety percent because it's just all these small bases. Yeah, you hear statistics on the radio about the last extinction event. Yeah. And then just my guess would just be ninety percent got yeah. wiped out. Um, so that that's your rush synopsis of the film, um, like a play by play of the film. Um, everything about this film works for me. I had this at three and a half. I bumped it to four. That's wild, man. I what well, now? Opposite you, I love a calamity film, yeah. especially if it's done right. And I feel like the pacing of this film, great, great pacing. There's like no to me. There's no dead moments for me. It, arguably the biggest dead moment is the ranch with his dad. There's more dead time there than any other part yeah. of the film or her dad. But you need some kind need, of yeah, emotional it respite. Didn't bother, it didn't bother me. Well, what it what what it chooses to do in those moments is flesh out characters where as in other type of movies like this you wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, the character development, I give it credit, pays off a lot more mm -hmm. to the point where at the end you know, you wonder like how are they going to, how are they going to cap this off? The kid, whenever they make it, what I, I think is actually when they're driving, mm -hmm. he makes note earlier in the movie of like, you know, I heard whenever you die, your life flashes before oh, yeah. your eyes. Those are some, cause it, those it, cues. It also some misdirection a couple times yes. in the film too, which was good. Yeah. And so he's like, you know, your laugh, your life flashes before your eyes. You don't have the payoff of those flashes that you get at the end mm -hmm. without the character development that yep. you get in this, which I think works for being really a well, you know, exactly two hour film. They packed a lot in two they hours. Did. Yeah. And it, I, and they did it. I think admirably. Listen, you get a lot in two hours. Things I did not like in this movie, the realistic possibility of this actually happening. Yeah. And the fact that our government would 100% do it that way. Exactly. You know, I, I totally believe they knew and they said, oh, it's going to be this. Because if not, you're going to have hysteria. I mean, you can't. Exactly. That's kind of a damned if you that's, do, damned if you don't. Well, I don't blame the government for that. And it, I wouldn't in this situation either, to a degree. I, like, if they know, like, hey, this is, there's like a 90% chance it's yeah. going to hit us. Now, if it's like a 2% chance, yeah. different. But if it's a 90% chance and it's course correct, like, hey, we're all going to die. This is. Prepare. <laughs> yeah, this is just, this is a more uh, realistic version of don't look up. Yeah. You know, don't look more I, intense. I, the better version of don't I look loved up. Don't Look Up. This is better. I don't say loved isn't the right word, but for that type of movie, yeah, I enjoyed it so much more yeah. than I did this. Yeah. Um, but I still appreciated it. I thought Gerard yeah. Butler did great. I thought, yeah, this is arguably what did I think this is best acting so far we've seen. Yeah, I like Rock and Rolla. 
Yeah, I think I, I think this is my favorite Butler, um, and I think overall performances. I think the cast of this one is better yeah. than any of his other ones. Yeah, I don't think he proved anything to me in a trash action movie since. I like the hammer scene. It was, but he was fumbling through it, and, and you know, see, you need you need a king who can do both, a B king who okay. can do both. <laughs> okay, he played the dad well. He did. He he conveyed the emotion. There's no doubt in my mind. We always talk about this. So I'm just gonna say it now. He's the better actor. Oh yeah, not even close. Absolutely. Uh, he he he's a better actor. He he conveys way more emotion. Yeah. Um. So what did work for you in the film then? Um, I said I said earlier the character development really helped. I thought mm-hmm. the supporting cast uh, was was really good. Uh, when you compare kid actors in this to Homefront, oh, yeah, this one hands down. Um, and so the the other main thing that did not work for me though was visual effects. Visual effects were terrible the um, news scenes i thought were bad news scenes were bad whenever they get out of the bunker and it's just yeah, they're, so, yeah, they're just that, staring that at a green screen yeah, like it looks so bad but i thought like the so when they're driving and they get that stop like driving to canada after they left their dads yeah. and the firestorm comes yeah, down the fire actually looked all right yeah you could tell some practical effects were going in yeah, that that's like, fine but that's that's the thing though is it shouldn't be that obvious yeah um uh, yeah I, I agree it's kind of a mixed bag the new scenes weren't good but the blast scene was good like mm. the first scene at the I thought that was good yeah it's very strange mixed bag because you had some good practical and then some bad CGI I don't know understand uh, I don't understand how people make those kind of Agreed. decisions but um, yeah what worked for me besides the whole film I thought Gerard Butler and uh, I always butcher her name my biggest win was Marina Bacar I thought she was fin- she stole the film in a lot of ways I thought she was phenomenal she worked uh, Gerard Butler really worked for me I love disaster films I'm a sucker for him so as far as he has two disaster movies this one is definitely the better of the two okay uh, Geostorm is oh yeah no not very definitely good not it's not bad it's just not very good yeah either. Uh, this is definitely better this is actually right up there probably my top three disaster films wow um, I really really like Greenland it's different than a lot of disaster films um, I thought the plot was good. I thought that what they did in two hours is really admirable considering the budget and the constraints they had. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. It, uh, it goes without saying this was released middle of COVID. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't, I, it's not lost on me how, um, well represented the look of society just mm-hmm. kind of crumbling before our eyes. Yep. Um, I thought it did a really good job of capturing. Yeah. This just, didn't get a proper theatrical release no. because of COVID yeah. and probably a good thing. Uh, can you it imagine a little COVID? Because people would believe this could happen too. Yeah. So yeah. Because at the same time, like conspiracy, like the government's conditioning you. So if you release this, then I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. We're going to get hit by this. But yeah, no. Um, Greenland, great. It's my highest rated film we've watched so far out of uh, the trash action. So, um, which film had the wildest plot concept for you out of these four? Plot concept, I think, has got to be. Uh, uh, Give me yours. It's funny. It's probably actually law abiding citizen in yeah. terms of being the most insane movie plot because Homefront happens every day in probably that part of Louisiana. Uh, the bank job is a true story, so you can't really say that's that crazy of a thing. I don't know. I think it's probably Homefront because the likelihood of an undercover DEA agent who's retired. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna agree because I, I just went back to what I said earlier, like yeah. him leaving all his files. It, He's too stupid. That's why I don't like that film as much. It's just unreasonable. Yeah, there's I agree. so much that could have been avoided to make that not agreed. Happen. You can make. I could make a case for each of these films <laughs> having yeah, an outlandish yeah. case. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually agreeing with you. Home front, home front. Um, which was the out of all these films, the your most memorable action sequence of all the films? Ooh, law-abiding citizen. It's got to be the cell phone scene. <laughs> Dang it, me too. Yeah. I, I, I'm i with you. I'm with you on that. Um, what is the worst, which film had the worst visual effects? I think it's it's Greenland. Um, just because there's so much visual effects that goes into it. Have to it. go into it, yeah. Um, it doesn't really help it at all. I, so. I I go to Homefront just because of that whole nighttime scene really bugs a fire yeah. out of me. No. It's just to me, it's lazy and that bugs me. Like I said, Greenland arguably had, because of what the film is, has it yeah but i think they tried harder <laughs> than home front did. I, I would probably agree with you on that one uh which film had the worst villain i guess the villains of this film greenland would have been the comments no i guess you could say it's the couple Damn. i was gonna go comments the comments comments the worst villain <laughs> that's the worst not like, like no gator gator's for sure the worst villain of this of all these 
Honestly, yeah, because we didn't hit on that. Um, him as a bad guy. Oh, it's bad. It and didn't. It did not work. We as also well. didn't touch on the whole because this the whole front just had so many issues. Yeah, the whole biker thing. They the the biker yeah. the dad who's in jail. Does he not look like Bruce Pearl? Yeah, just like him. Yeah, identical. Yeah, crazy. I know. Uh, I couldn't think of who it was. So you just said it. Yes. Yeah, it's Bruce Pearl. But he's like such a big part. He gets them to come do this hit, and then Jason Statham meets him at prison. Like, I'll be here when you get out. Oh, you know they're set, they want they wanted a, a sequel. Yeah. I hate it when movies do that. Yeah, dumb. Unless you know it's like already Statham, signed on. Statham has got to be the king of the already assumed sequel. Yeah, movie. And then like, <laughs> like just one assumes. in ten franchises. Do yes. It, so, um, yeah, I'm going Gator with the worst villain. Okay. Most impactful villain though. Maybe a couple from Greenland. In terms of vitriol, like yeah. vitriol reaction, I they were good. Yeah, they were good. No, I, I, I agree. Um, so the big question, my favorite one from each of these, I think now, <laughs> really trying to think about it, could who would do better, Gerard Butler in Homefront and the bank job, or Jason Statham in Law Abiding Citizen in Greenland, or if there's a specific case? Oh, I think Statham's Homefront in Greenland would have found a way to to survive quicker. Like a sh- no, like, no, no, not not a hoovy who. Like if you swapped actors in the role. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I can. I, that that's my last one. Hmm. I I mean I I would say once again I think Gerard Butler edges out Jason Statham at every corner of an yeah. actor. I think Butler could do either of his movies. I don't think that's an issue for Butler. I I don't think any given week that's going to be an issue for Butler until maybe next week. Um. Now. Normally, I think the last time I said Statham couldn't do either of Butler's, I do think Statham could have done both of Butler's films this week. I think he would have done Greenland better than Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah. Just for Statham's not the brooding mastermind kind of person. Now, in terms of just using his acting chops, Law Abiding Citizen would be safer for Statham. In terms of what the film would require of him, Greenland, I think he could do. I agree. I think he would be, this is a much safer week of what, how he could plug and play into the films yeah. than the previous week. But Butler could easily go do either of the other two I jobs. Would, I would struggle Statham in Law Abiding Citizen because I don't, I don't get like a cerebral like type of right. character right. from him. Yeah. Uh, Butler's definitely easier to pl- plug and play. Um, and the last question where we were going, or where you were going with that, yeah. out of all these films, who's going to win? Uh... Like you said, I prep think, time, it's hard to put it against Clyde on Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah, if you got a, a month's notice, a month to 10 years, uh, Clyde's <laughs> definitely winning. I think drop of a hat, though, it's got to be home. It's got to be yeah, Statham's broker, home front. Broker. Yeah, yeah, broker. I agree. Broker, uh, broker's got the hand because Greenland dude's just an architect. Yeah. Uh, and the bank job is just a petty th- criminal. No real, yep. you know, not, nothing crazy there. Yeah. So Statham wins this week out. Um, so that's the end of this week. So who who wins week two? Uh, I, honestly, I think it's going to be Gerard. Yep. Gerard Butler. He's two for two for me now. He's got the, did he win for you last week too? Yeah. I think he did. So Statham or Butler's got the edge up. Uh, so next week I, I did looking ahead. I got the final two weeks mapped out. I for us. love it. So next week we are doing for Jason Statham, the transporter and death race. Transporter is arguably his most famous franchise yeah the origin of his first franchise and then death race is his before fast and furious like right in the heat of fast and furious he made this trashy race film i saw yeah. it in theaters so i can't I wait d- to watch this again doubt that. i haven't seen it since uh for uh gerard butler we are doing gamer and plane i have very fond memories of gamer i'm excited for a rewatch and plane i watched last year and i was one of the kind of outliers i really liked playing so okay. we'll see how i think about that and then our last week uh for two weeks out will be guy richie's wrath of man for jason statham and safe with jason statham i've seen both of those movies as well i was really really torn on the last movie for statham uh safe because i've seen all of statham's films and yeah. i've seen almost all of butler's films so it's really narrowing it down uh i think safe is because I don't want to go, I don't want to put like Statham in the name of the king or like his movies that have like a one rating. I want to at least give it a fighting chance. Yeah. So safe is the best part. It was between Parker and safe. Anyway, and then for Butler, um, his last two films will be Machine Gun Preacher and Den of Thieves. 
Uh, so I have a couple of friends who've seen Machine Gun Preacher. Actually, one on my list to put on here, I had uh, Olympus Has Fallen. I think is what I had on there. Yeah. But we've all seen that. And I was just like, eh. And I was texting Tanner. I was like, have you seen any good Gerard Butler movies? He's like, Machine Gun Preacher. I was like, oh, I forgot right. that was it. So I went and looked at it and I read some reviews. I was like, oh, this has potential to be a, like a two star or like a five star. I'm not all sure right. where I'm going to go with this. Excited. So, yeah. So that's how uh, we're going to wrap those up. Obviously, that last week we'll be doing Oscar coverage yeah. as well. Um, so that'll be. Get ready to talk about do, Oppenheimer. Well, my guess is for Tuesday, that Tuesday, the Oscar week, so two weeks out, yeah. we just probably won't do what the news section will be Oscars. Oscars Oscar talk. Yep. And that may be the first one we bring Dawson in on because that'd be a good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll have so is it Dune week? Are we watching Dune? Can we do it Friday night? I mean, Friday day. I, I start Friday. Oh. Yeah. I'm off till Friday. Uh, but I can go see it anytime Thursday. Afternoon yeah, or night. I, I mean, I have to do. I, yeah, I'm worship not, at night. Yeah. But I can go Friday night too. I can do Friday night. Let's say the same for Friday night. Either way. So next, I, main, main moral of the story next week, we'll have Dune, be ready to talk about Dune, Dune 1 and 2. So rewatch yeah. Dune. Uh, let's make an agreement. You're going to, we're going to watch Dune. Yeah. And we're going to watch Dewey, Dewey Cox walk hard. Uh, maybe. All right. I'll try. <laughs> this has been another episode of Mostly Film, your one stop chaotic shot for all things in the world of cinema. Uh, we'll be back with you next week uh, to talk about Dune and some more trash action uh, heroes. So I'm Jonathan, one of your, co- your hosts, joining my beautiful co-host, JP Payton. See you See guys. Ya.